Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. Afternoon there, Mr. T, as they say. Afternoon, Mr. T. It's Mrs. D, excuse me. Um, Friday has come again. How are you doing? That sounds like, that sounds familiar. I don't know where the time is going. Like literally, um, the time is flying. Uh, There is Christmas decorations kind of popping up in the shop. Uh, I'm checking Amazon to see what will I buy my wife? Because I have no idea. Any ideas? (gasps) I hope she's not listening. I hope she's not listening. She never listens to me, no. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) Um, The show or at home. (laughs) Oh, talking of listening. Um, I actually had, uh, I went to an event this week. Oh, wow. Yeah, a virtual one. It's a speed, I was going to say speed dating. It's not speed dating, speed networking, right? And I'd never, I'd never really done those before. Have you? I did it a long time ago, um, but I just kind of felt that. No, but virtual, I'm talking about virtual. Oh, virtual. Uh, I did one probably a few months ago via Zoom, but it just, it wasn't the same. No, 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 no. It was like, I was like a rabbit in the headlights. Right. Three minutes and blink, they're gone. I kept thinking, was it something I said? Um, I I was there thinking to myself, maybe, maybe it's like before you, time just goes, you know, they're in there and then you, you're about to open your mouth and they're gone. Wow. I'm hoping that's a bit like your joke. joke. Anyway, but anyway, (sighs) could have been worse. It was, at least it wasn't live video. And you've promised, that's your New Year's resolution to go live or even to do a video. Isn't that right, Emer? Yeah, Ian Anderson Gray. Because it's Gray. a valuable piece of content. No, Ian Anderson Gray has me pinned yes. through it. And I'm yeah. like, okay. So, but I actually have to say, I do see his points. They're very valid. And yeah. I was so glad that he did come on the show. Um, I know I'm not going to be very glad of what you're going to say next. No, but it is your favorite part of the show. And I know it is definitely our listeners' favorite part of the show. It is, of course, the social media, the marketing joke of the episode. So in keeping with today's theme, here is my joke for you, um, Emer. What do content marketers use to wrap Christmas presents with? Hmm, I don't know. White papers, of course. Yeah. Okay, who have you Pretty been hanging bad. out with? Where have you got that from? <laughs> That is from the depths of the dustbin, that particular one. That is so bad. Even I'm embarrassed. But oh, hey. <laughs> all I can say is um, you, you, you haven't convinced me. You, no. haven't, you haven't converted me. No. And uh, please don't Will send I ever me convert you? Will I ever convert you <laughs> to these jokes? No, and God knows what you're going to have in my present. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's just wrap that one up and yep. move on. And all I can say is if you find today's social media joke engaging and you'd love more of them, please know. You are in luck. You can catch Philip's previous social media jokes and indeed or other shows by hopping on to our podcast on the Let's Get Social show on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify, and of course, the Dublin South FM website. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just keep thinking Christmas is coming and I keep yeah. worrying that you're going to come out with some Christmas crackers, um, you know. Uh, oh, you never know. You never know. Um, although I suppose I need to kind of just watch my reputation for professionalism. If people just think I'm the guy who does the crappy jokes on the show, it might be bad for my, my rep. You think? I think. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, let's get the professionalism back on track because 
you know, there was a, a hint to what we're talking about in my joke today, you know, content marketing. Mm-hmm. And today we have a super special guest, you know. He's gone very quiet. He's probably left, you know, after listening to he's that. He's probably keeled over. <laughs> yeah, I, I, left, I left after the joke. <laughs> oh, he's here. He's great. That's cute. <laughs> he's here. I got the only one. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Because it's, you know. Well, you know. You have heard the voice. Let me give you the background before we give you the reveal. You know, he is an Amazon best-selling author of Killing Marketing, Content Inc. and Epic Content Marketing, which was named a must-read business book by Fortune magazine. He's founded three companies, including the Content Marketing Institute. He's launched dozens of events, including Content Marketing World, and in 2014 received the Lifetime Achievement Award by the Content Council. And that's not all. His foundation, The Orange Effect... That's one color I do like. Um, delivers speech favorites. therapy and uh, technology services to, to children, which is great, in over 25 states in America. And his latest book, The Will to Die. I wonder why I feel like that. Um, <laughs> Every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I've got The Will to Die. Uh, hey, you won't forget that. Um, his debut no- uh, novel. Uh, welcome to Let's Get Social, the godfather of content marketing, Mr. Joe Palizzi. I've got that Palizzi. Palizzi. <laughs> as long as you call me. No, it's good as long as you call me. Can I just no, call it- you Joe? <laughs> It's a, it's no, it's, it's funny. You mentioned the will to die, which is my first try at fiction. It's actually a compilation of uh, Phillips jokes. <laughs> I thought no, that you Joe, you're not going, that. you're not going anywhere today. <laughs> oh, well, that's great news. Cause I checked out the Amazon rating and it's a 90% rated book. So, Hey, my jokes must be literally killing people. They're, they are, <laughs> they are killing I've got a, yeah, it's a very negative tone for my books because Robert Rose and I wrote (laughs) Killing Marketing and then I went right on The Will to Die. And uh, so I don't really know. I think you should actually note Philip in the next one and going, taking inspiration from the social media comedian. Talking of which, what did you think of our social media comedian? Uh, are, is that a serious question? Are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> well, so one of us has I, to be serious around I, You know here. what? Here's what I honestly think. This is what I'm thinking of right now. I, I think we've all spent too much time in marketing. I think that yeah, yeah. we're all, we're all, now I'm over 20 years in marketing. And, and yeah. you know no. what happens after that? You start writing, you know, fiction novels called <laughs> The Die. That's what happens. <laughs> so you hear it now, guys. Off you go and buy The Will to Die. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I listen to my jokes. If you really do have the will to die, as opposed to this stage, um, but, well, uh, no, I'm uh, I'm honored to be uh, in the virtual presence of both of you. It's uh, uh, great. To have uh, Joe, nice. come here. When are you coming to Dublin and come join us? Seriously. <sighs> Uh, literally as soon as they lift the travel bans. Uh, yeah. oh, okay, I'm, that's fair I'm enough. Definitely, I'm definitely on my way. Hopefully sooner than later. That would yeah. be fantastic. Well, that's a date. So. We'll definitely uh, uh, stay safe and, and all of that because uh, yeah. it is a very challenging time for every business and business owner and yeah. uh, entrepreneurs worldwide. But um, listen, it is great to have you, Joe, because obviously you have as you said, for 20 plus years, you've been spearheading in marketing and particularly the whole area of content marketing. And I, and myself and Emer, we are very much big believers that content marketing done right yeah. uh, is still a very powerful and potent tool, but is kind of misunderstood. And I suppose we wanted to chat to you today about, about that. And I suppose 
I wanted to kind of lead off, um, you know, in your kind of, in your experience and having seen the way content marketing has evolved, you know, what is content marketing as of now? Well, you're, you're right, Philip. The, I would say the majority of smaller businesses that hear the term content marketing uh, have no clue <laughs> what, yeah. what it is. And, and it's actually a, a newer term for a very old discipline it comes from, if you've heard of custom publishing or custom media, mm-hmm. uh, it comes from yep. the days where you had a company produce a newsletter or a magazine or an event, and that sort of came out of the the custom publishing I- business. And and in order to, I guess, gain some popularity, we started calling it content marketing. This was shoot almost fifteen yeah. years ago now, and and the whole idea is instead of interrupting my customer with you know, what we would traditionally think of as advertising, we're saying, okay, well, who's my target audience and how do I create valuable, relevant and compelling information directed at that audience? Do that consistently over a period of time in some format. It could be a blog, it could be an an e-newsletter, it could be a video series, it could be something on Instagram, something like that. And what's the goal? The goal is to maintain or change some type of behavior. It's marketing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we're trying to do, and it is not. It's not just oh, I'm going to write an article, and it's not I'm going to do a a video because that's just content. Anyone can create content. We're all creating content. Content marketing is the business strategy behind this, because yeah. you have to do something consistently to a very target audience, and of course, it has to move the needle in some way. Mm. And the real difference with content marketing with most other marketing disciplines is it takes such a long time. It's an investment. You're building an asset. Um, It takes generally nine to 12 months to start building an audience of some kind. And then when you build a loyal audience, uh, you know, whoever you're targeting, that that's when the needle gets moved. That that's when you can actually monetize that audience by selling more products, selling more services, or maybe creating more valuable customers. You see a lot of these things in loyalty efforts as well. Maybe you have a a particular uh, grocery store or supermarket that you go to and, and they send out a magazine on a regular basis. That is a content marketing initiative because you become a more valuable customer. You probably spend more, use yeah. the coupons, whatever the case is. So that's, I don't want to go too far into it, but you know, no. that's, it's yeah. a, it's a hundreds and hundreds of year old industry that's been, that's really gotten new life because of social media, because of Google, because of technology. Yeah. And you, you you raise an interesting point there as well, Joe, uh, when you were talking about content marketing, because I think this is one of the key issues that a lot of businesses fall into is the whole area of just having a bit of patience. You know, they expect after they've written a blog or they created an ebook or a video series that suddenly the floodgates of sales and customers are going to come in the door as opposed to being consistent, writing for your niche providing valuable, helpful material, but being consistent, having a strategy that over time builds that trust and authenticity. So, so critical. I mean, if you would say, Joe, what are the two most important parts of it? One is what I call a content tilt. What's your differentiation? You know, are you target, what, what are you, what are you adding value to? And are you doing it any different than anyone else? And the second one is cadence, consistency. Are you delivering consistently over a long period of time? And if you said, hey, Joe, I really like this content marketing thing and, and um, you know, I've got six months, what should I do? And I would say, don't do content marketing. 
yeah. go do something else. Go interrupt some people mm. because yeah. this is going to take a, a longer time. Now, the, the payoff is so if you do this really well, you can build a substantial business off of the back of it. And that's why patience and grit or whatever you want to call it hmm. is probably the most important element to making this thing happen. Yeah. So a lot of businesses now, as you say, Joe, it's like it's the long, it's the long, long game. It's not the short game. Yep. So um, in that sense, maybe people don't realize and they start, as you say, oh, it takes, it's going to take more than six months. They have a, a little bit of a heart attack because they think, well, I'm not going to make anything in the next first six months. So what would you say um, if somebody's listening out there and they're, they're really, you know, at this time, especially with COVID and everything else, why should a business really embrace content marketing? Well, the, the first First thing I just want to say is I don't know if the business should embrace content marketing because if you don't have the stomach for it and if you're not going to stick through with the plan, then absolutely don't do it. Don't waste your time. So if you, yeah, if you did an e-newsletter for three months, you're wasting your time most likely. Mm -hmm. If you do a regular consistent uh, Instagram post and you do that for a month or 30 days you're pro and then you're done, you're probably wasting your time. Mm -hmm. So why should you embrace? Well, first of all, there's nothing like building a loyal audience that loves to receive your marketing. Yeah. So that's what I like to think about it because mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're marketing and you're sending this out to people that actually want to get your marketing because it's helping yeah. them in some way. So if you do that over a long period of time, that's why I love coming from the media industry because when we used to do media launches, we used to do magazine launches, we had a three-year time period because that's about how long it takes to build wow. a substantial loyal audience. But a lot of people don't realize that. Now, okay, let's let's be realistic about it. Let's say you're a small business, resources are tight, especially with, with COVID and everything going on. What I would recommend is you double down now on content marketing if you can stick with it, because coming out of this, and of course we've seen so many great businesses that are launched and grow during a recession, including Content Marketing Institute, by the way. Mm -hmm. Content Marketing Institute was launched in the middle of the Great Recession. And really? looking back on it, oh wow. yeah, absolutely. Wow. My first blog post was 2007, but CMI was really started in 2008, 2009, and then didn't take off till 2010, 2011. Mm -hmm. And then it just took off. It took off, yeah. It took off because we'd spent two years, two, three years, really building an audience and then coming out of that recession when marketers wanted to spend money. Mm -hmm. It's like we were positioned really well because all we were doing every day is sending them one amazing how-to piece of information on content marketing. And yeah. what happened is that, you know, they all came to our event, Content Marketing World. They all signed up for training after that because we were just giving them amazing free information. So, so my recommendation would be is if you're a business listening to this, you're like, okay, well, first of all, go small, like mm -hmm. go niche. What is a part of your audience that you can deliver something amazing to? And you can be the leading expert in the world on that. That's why you have to go so small with your audience to start with. Mm -hmm. So always go small and then you can expand mm -hmm. from there and just deliver something amazing. I'm not saying take all your, your marketing budget and do this. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But do one thing really well. Send them an amazing e-newsletter. Do the best podcast for that audience in your industry. And if you have that patience, 
boy, you will see amazing things happen. And we've seen, I'm working on the new edition of my 2015 book, Content Inc. right now. We're doing interviews mm. for it. Nice. And we're, we're these entrepreneurs that have absolutely no money are doing things two, three years and they're, you know, they're becoming multimillionaires in five years and they're selling their business in 10 years for 20, 30, $40 million, wow. starting with one blog post or one Instagram post. It's really amazing. <clears throat> but again, just takes time. And maybe one social media joke. Absolutely. Well, like if you need me jokes well, for your hey. new book, Joe, I'll happily provide. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, right in the back of the book. <laughs> the very back. Un, under I the cover. Have, <laughs> I have some space for it. Under the, under the dust cover. Under the dust <laughs> cover. <laughs> Added value or I don't know well, what okay. that would be. Yeah, but, it, I, yeah, I, but I, it, it's like, you know, we, like we started off the radio show. It was like, you know, um, it does take time, you know, and uh, yeah. we do enjoy having the banter. And um, hopefully that comes across and entertains and hopefully edutains. Um, content is king. And by providing, as you say, uh, really valuable content to a specific target audience, um, it can have a real good return on investment. Yeah, and, you, and you can do what big companies can't do. This is the opportunity for the smaller players because the yeah. big companies are going to forget the, the niches and they're going to go after the largest audience possible. And this is when mm -hmm. a smaller company can come in and say, oh, we can do that better. Let's yeah. deliver this information. And that's when things take off. Like it's interesting. There was a piece of research that I, I remember reading. I think it was on the Content Marketing Institute website. And I think it was also uh, done by Social Insights or the, the Pew Market Research Group. But what was interesting was, and I love your thoughts on, say, on this, but on maybe some steps, but an area where people were falling down when it came to content or why their content, why they were failing with content marketing was they didn't put in place a proper content marketing strategy, that there was no plan or rationale as to what they were doing, which I just kind of very simply have any sort of key steps you'd recommend a business should take to create a content marketing strategy, you know, how should they start? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you're absolutely right. I'd say most businesses that I've gone, I mean, these, some of the, you know, we at Content Marketing Institute, we work with large international enterprises and we would mm -hmm. go into their marketing department and they did not have a content marketing strategy. Yeah. So don't feel bad. Nobody listening to this just feel bad that they don't have one because nobody does. Yeah. So let you know. It's we, coming. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming. coming. We, yeah. So here's, here's the key that, that messes most companies up. When you think of a marketing strategy, you always think of first, what do I want to do? Do I want to sell more widgets? Do I want to sell more services? It always starts with the marketing goal. You have mm -hmm. to put the marketing goal into the backstage for just a little bit because you have to first think about the audience's goal. It's because we're, we're really talking, this is more of an editorial strategy. Mm -hmm. What's Who's the audience and what are their pain points? That's, the, that's my focus. And I want you to sit with that for weeks. Yeah. And focus on who's this audience and what keeps them up at night and what can I deliver them that's going to help them live better lives or get better jobs. That's the start. And you, you, you put together what we call a content marketing mission statement. That's the start of your content marketing strategy. And then you sit there and then you don't even get to your marketing goal after that, because what you want to do is really focus on, okay, well, if I'm going to send this piece of content, whatever it might be, What's the outcome for the audience? Not for the company, for the audience. Everything's about that. And that's why the Financial Times is the Financial Times and the New York Times or Huffington Post because they always focus on the outcome for the reader or the audience. 
And then you create your yeah. hypothesis yeah. for what you want to happen in your marketing. So that's secondary. So that's the, the biggest advice I can give is hmm. just sit for a while and figure out what the needs are of your audience. And if you can do that, how do you solve their problems with information? And the marketing solutions to your problems will, will appear self-evident if you give yourself that time. Well, they say time is money. So you want to make you know sure that you're going to really make use of that time, wouldn't you say, Joe? So it's like there's a process when it comes to you know defining a content marketing mission statement. So I'm just wondering how you go about that. You know, so say you're um, I don't know uh, a florist or uh, a baker or you know, and you're in this process now of thinking, how am I going to get off the first you know round? Um, what what do they do? What would they? What would you suggest? Yeah. So so if you figure out who you're really talking to, what your problem is, what their problem is, and you bring that together. So let's say that it's a florist and you're like, okay, well, most of our business comes from 10% of these super buyers of flowers. And we believe that if we had more of these super buyers of flowers, we could, we could change the entire business. And how do we get more of those? And you realize, okay, well, how, how, do, we, how do we create more loyal people out of that? Mm-hmm. And create more super buyers. So you'd go to, okay, well, what, what do they look like? What are those people? Where are they coming from? Uh, what are their likes and dislikes? Um, do they come into the store? Do they buy online? You, you're asking all types of things. It, then, then I would start with getting feedback directly from those super buyers. And you know what? Call them on the phone, send them an email, actually talk to them, figure mm-hmm. out what their needs are. It's like, okay, why do you come into the store? You know, is something helpful? Is something not helpful? So you're just getting a feel for what these people are doing. And then you can start to say, okay, what's the problem? And how do I create more of these? Mm. Yeah. But you have to start with who is that audience in the first place? It's a big issue. We talked about what a lot of people don't do in content marketing strategy. They don't set up what I would call listening posts. And you you would know well, because you social media experts, you, you're all mm. about setting up listening posts. How do mm-hmm. I listen to what's going on with my customer, with my audience, so I have a better understanding. So you can do that by asking them directly. You could do that by email. You could do that by Facebook groups and Twitter and whatever, and just listening to what the heck is going on with those people so you have a really good understanding. Yeah. I mean, then you, I, I, then I, you can move forward. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Joe, like I, I work with, I do training, and uh, a lot of the time I would sit down with people and I would say, listen, let's work through like customer persona worksheets. So let's work out the kind of person that's likely to be attracted to what you're offering um, and go through, as you say, the pain points, uh, their objectives, their um, what makes, as you say, keeps them up at night. You know, maybe, as you say, um, they're getting married, say, for example, and they uh, need a, a good florist, you know? So uh, that's the way to see it, you know? Um, uh, and I think a lot of people, as you say, miss that to start off with. They're just more inclined to, okay, I'm going to get my website up. I'm going to get the social channels up. And then they have no direction. They, don't, they just post and ghost, as I would say, you know? They don't really consider yeah. all those aspects. So um, it's yeah, really great yeah, that you're yeah. pointing all these out today, you know? So true. I mean, I love what you just said because remember, and I, by the way, I'm guilty of this because about 13 years ago, I said, be everywhere your customers are at online. And I want to hurt myself for saying that because that is not correct. You should, you, <laughs> if you're not going to do a great job in, in that area where your customers are at, you should not be there. 
Yeah. So you need to make strategy is about saying no to things mm-hmm. and yes to things you can bring resources to. So instead of doing 10 or 12 things and you got Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook, all this other stuff, I would rather you start to kill off all those, a lot of those things and just say, you know, what can we, what can we be exceptional at? Yeah. We can be exceptional at our blog and an e-newsletter and then maybe a Twitter account. Great. Mm-hmm. Use the other ones as listening posts or get rid mm-hmm. of them and be great at those three things. And that's all you need. Yeah. You don't have to be everywhere. Well, I always say, uh, what's your money channel? And they look at me. Yeah. So, you know, you can't be everywhere, as you say. And otherwise you spread yourself too thin and you wouldn't get any work done. So, uh, yeah, I told you. Jack of all trades. Yeah. Jack of all trades, yeah. master yeah. of none. That's, exactly. that's it. Uh, and there is that sort of fear, like we see it with our own clients and even with businesses. And I'm sure you've seen it, Joe, where like TikTok has come along. And, you know, <laughs> certainly I'm not going to be on TikTok. Well, maybe for my jokes, you never know. But, uh, yep. but like certainly there's business asking us small, medium enterprises, you know, are saying, right, we better get on TikTok. Uh, we have a Snapchat. Exactly as you're saying there, like, let's perfect the channels that really is where we're going to drive the real value. And are your audience on TikTok? No. Well, then why are we talking about TikTok or whatever it might be? And that sort of leads me on, Joe, I suppose. We hear the term, you know, audience personas or who's your ideal client. And like myself and Emer, potentially a client could have multiple personas or different types of customer that they work with, you know. Um, do you have any, say, tips as to maybe how a business should create an audience persona? Like, should they name him John? He's a man, 35 to 50. He works here. Da, da, da. I don't know what your thoughts are in relation to that. I don't have a, I, I, I always use what works and I know that there's a lot of enterprises that, you know, they say, Hey, this is John. And they have a, a cutout of John and, and mm-hmm. John is, is in all the major departments and everybody thinks about that person as the, as the ideal customer. That's fine. Mm-hmm. If that gets you there. Uh, I'm a big fan of, and a friend of Ann Hanley. She writes her yeah. newsletter called Anarchy and she actually thinks of one real subscriber to write her newsletter to every time she writes it. So it's great. It's Judy, Judy from Sioux Falls or, you know, a Roger who lives in Sydney, Australia, whatever. Yeah. That's, it, that's, I was going to say, it's a bit like Philip doing his jokes every week because he knows he wants to give me pain. So he's yeah. like going, I'm going to write the target that. audience. I'm, yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only audience. <laughs> it's very true. Well, Joe's here. I've had two today. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. So yeah, everybody wants to be just like Philip and Joe. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what we need to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm, whatever, whatever works for you and making mm-hmm. that, I mean, we have been involved in, you know, long buyer persona, processes where you do surveys to all the all of your customers and you do surveys mm-hmm. to your prospects and you you get all this data back and you and then you break them down and you say you know here's our persona for uh you know the the technology industry and that's this product and this product and this product you know what that's fine if it if you actually use it my my experience is somebody does a full buyer persona project and then they get it all done and it's in a it's a nice report and then they shove it in a drawer and they never use it so mm-hmm. if you're gonna use it that's great yeah absolutely and, and they got to remember if you're a larger company you'll have mm-hmm. as you said philip lots of different buyers or audience personas as you go mm-hmm. and when you create a content marketing program you only start with one 
So in yeah. most companies of any size, you don't just have one content marketing mission statement. You have many. Mm. And just to make yeah, that, yeah. Give, give that some sense, I started at a publishing company called Penton Media. Um, this is back in 2000. We had 53 different publications. One went to wow. a contractor audience. One went to a, mm. you know, B2B executive. You know how many editorial mm. mission statements there were? 53. Wow. One right. company, right. 53. So that's what I have to think because if it was just one, the content would be so watered down, it wouldn't be relevant to anyone. So you have to create yeah. different mission statements for every audience mm. you target. It's funny, actually, because years ago, wow. um, even before like, um, I worked for a office supplies Real exciting, you know, and uh, they had different catalogs and specials for each of their different, um, like, you know, you had your retailer, uh, you had your corporate, you had maybe uh, semi-body states, customers they'd have, and it was all broken down and everything had to be specific um, because it wouldn't work across the board with everybody. So again, I can see what you mean by, you know, uh, ensuring that you have your customer personas, you know, in situ, you have your, your mission statement to suit them and you have the right content going out to them where, you know, some customers, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work with them. And that's where I think a lot of, as you say, small businesses have to really work out, you know, what's going to work for that type of customer, you know, um, and your content has to be on on the ball for them. So I have to say, Joe, it's, it's great that you're kind of breaking this down now for a lot of people that maybe are confused about that. You know, it's a, it, I don't know why I just thought of this email, but the, the great, exa- great small business example, there's a roofing company in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And for the last 10 years, the owner of the roofing company has sent out a daily weather report. Really? And it's very folksy. It's always like, there's always a joke in it. Very funny. It is the most read thing in this community of Southern California. This roofing company is huge wow. now because everyone wants to do business. Wow. If, you, if you're if you thinking about putting a new roof on your house, you go to this roofer because you, you, know, you think about what can a small business do? Well, this person's target are people that get up and the first thing they do is, what's the weather going to be? <laughs> oh, yeah. They get it from him and he does it in such a folksy way. That's his content tilt. It puts in a little joke. And even some of the local weather people that are like on the news every day cover some of his quips. So these are the kinds of things that can be done if you just think a little bit out of the box and you focus on who the audience is and what they need. Who knew that? You know, the average person, you know, of that were looking to buy a roof in Southern California wanted to get their weather a different way. Well, I tell you what they used to do also um, was put in biscuits or sorry, um, um, not biscuits in America. They would be cookies. Yeah, cookies. Cookies, and, yes. Yeah, yeah, these would and say, God, when you're having your tea or your coffee, here's a, a little treat on us while you have a little flick through our catalog. And I used to think they were mad. This is before I got the idea. Um, <laughs> the problem was I'd end up putting some of the cookies in the boxes and then a few cookies went missing, but... That's another thing. A few crumbs in the box, Seymour, was it, yeah? Yeah, shh. (laughs) (laughs) You're the cookie monster, yeah? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's another story. (laughs) Um, But as I say, you you know, to get people interested, Joe, um, you want to get those prospects and you want to turn them into buyers. So apart from the cookie idea, um, or I'm going to stick with the biscuits. I won't get in trouble then. Um, (laughs) 
How should you use content marketing to get those guys? If you're looking at, you know, a lot of content marketing is done for lead generation. It's funny that most content marketing started in loyalty. Like if you've ever been on an airplane and you get mm-hmm. their magazine, that's a loyalty magazine. You know, you are a customer yeah. of United Airlines, Southwest, whatever, and you're, you know, there's your magazine. Um, but a lot of that is switched, uh, you know, with the dawn of Google and social media and whatnot, we're focusing mm-hmm. on, on lead generation. So let's just look at a you know very simple lead generation project. My one of my good friends Brian Clark he started a company called Copyblogger, and they sell um, WordPress software. So give you an example of how he did it. He would do it just a free webinar on something. Okay, here's how you get found in Google. Free mm-hmm. webinar, completely mm-hmm. free. And if you sign up for this webinar, you will get our weekly newsletter for free, covering the same types of stuff tips and tricks on how to get found in Google, whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. So a bunch of people signed up for the webinar. Then they would get his newsletter. What he found out is that his average customer would get about six to nine months of newsletters and then they would become customers. And I said, how many of your customers came in through the newsletter? And he said, "Ah, not by 99%. Really? So if you think about conversion, you know, lead, you know, okay, mm-hmm. well, what, I'm going to give them some amazing piece of content, an ebook, a white paper, a free training class, whatever webinar, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then you hopefully they will sign up for some ongoing deliverable of yours, which generally these days seems to, the hottest thing is an e-newsletter, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So they get that e-newsletter and then if you get them to open that e-newsletter, it's quality content. They start to, you can honestly pretty much sell them whatever you want once they love you yeah. and they can't live without your market. That, that's the simplest way that I would do it. That's the way that we did it at Content Marketing Institute. That's the way that Copyblogger did it. And they were able to sell a couple of their products for millions of dollars and he's doing fairly well right now. So it's, it's not rocket science. Yeah, It's just deliver something great mm-hmm. to the people that need it and they will buy from you. Your Corona marketing uh, book, Joe, which is free, I couldn't believe I was able to download it and read it. Um, fantastic information in it. And you had a very interesting piece in that, which I feel was so interesting because of the current coronavirus pandemic that has hit everybody. And you said we'd entered this third stage of content marketing, the age of audience building. And uh, I'd love for you just to kind of explain, you know, what do you mean by that uh, from a business perspective? Third stage, you know what's crazy is that I'm talking about third stage. This means, you know, when you do things in stages, it means you're getting old. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what that means. Because I can remember the first and second stage. Yeah. I'm like, uh, this is kind of tragic. But uh, real, real simple terms, the first stage of content marketing came after the 2001, 2002 recession, that worldwide recession that we had. And the dawn of Google, the dawn of search engines, where people Mm -hmm. could start to get found. If you were smart about it, you could create some content, you could get found. Wonderful. The second stage came with this big launch of social media as a tool Mm -hmm. to build your audiences. And that was after the Great Recession, 2008, 2009, when you you had big Twitter followings and Facebook followings and YouTube channels and those just took off and now you've got a third great recession if you will and in some cases could be a depression we don't know yeah but Mm -hmm. it's not looking good in a lot of countries and what is the opportunity now this is this is the biggest opportunity we've seen because media is so fractured today 
everyone's looking for somebody they can trust. Mm. If you can be that someone that they can trust and build that audience, what an opportunity it is for any business. And for the first time now, I think you're seeing companies not think advertising first. They're thinking, what can I deliver informationally? Because there's no barriers to entry. Anyone can be a publisher. And it doesn't matter what size company you are. If you have money, you don't have money, you can do content marketing. Just, just going to be a little bit different. Mm. So now it's all about, I mean, I would, I would call it digital real estate. I mean, yeah. you, basically that's what we're doing. How do we build audiences via the web using the tools that we have and the technology we have? And we're going to see this huge revolution, if you will, of content marketing where the marketing department looks a lot like a media department. Mm. And the only difference is how it's monetized. In a market, in the new marketing department, the new business model, you're still going to monetize by selling more products and services, creating more valuable customers. Uh, but you might also be able to sponsor that podcast you're doing, uh, and and <laughs> yeah. have direct revenues coming off of that. That's where the media yeah. model fell down. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with media today in the form of audience building. All these media bankruptcies that are happening, they're not mm-hmm. happening because they're not losing audience. They're they're happening because they can't monetize it. Because yeah. advertising. Mm-hmm. So if we think about it that way, it's really going to be amazing. And that's why, last thing I'll say is, why you see a lot of companies out there, no matter what size, they're buying up little media companies. They're buying up the local newspaper. They're buying up uh, the, the newsletter that the influencer started, the blog that the influencer started. Or they're buying up the print magazine that couldn't make it anymore. Yeah. Um, That's true. Actually. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that would just, I don't remember the last time I bought a newspaper. Do you, Philip? I, you know, everything is literally digital. I have mm. to say it literally yeah. is. Um, now it's funny. Uh, I am starting to, I used to, I, I still read quite a lot through my Kindle app, but I'm actually, there isn't, there's sometimes you can't beat the physical holding a book. Oh yeah. Tr- turning the page, you know, the smell of the print. But yeah, a, a newspaper, I can't tell you the last time. Well, yeah. You know, when you just said that, that, that screams opportunity to me. Mm. Because how many people right now is a, there's a large group of people that are looking for information that they don't have to be on their smartphone for. Yeah. To be honest, so. to be honest I get a bit tired looking at it. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. And then you go, oh, I'm going to go out and get a Sunday paper. Um, do you, I, I don't know, Joe, do they, is that a, a big thing in the States? Like, no, 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 we're, I mean, it's the same thing. We're all, everything's all digital, but I'll tell you where yeah. we're having the, yeah, where we're having the problem at is, I mean, to tell you with my, my kids, I mean, they're on, they're oh, on yeah. a computer device all the time. So we're like pushing them to first go outside. Oh, second, yeah. second of all, uh, go read a book. And that and it's and it's a physical print book we want them to read to to get their eyes away mm. from a screen. That's a huge opportunity for a business to realize that. That's why I think that you're going to see a lot of large businesses right now buy defunct print magazines and relaunch them and say, "Look, we don't have to monetize this through advertising. We can figure out ways to fund it differently that would come through marketing goals." So there you go, Philip. You could actually start your own comic. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You heard it here first, everyone. 
Um, and Joe, you're a witness because you're probably the only one listening. Um, but uh, I'll take I'll take a digital <laughs> subscription to that. <laughs> Into the oh, spam folder, yeah. And then he'll un- and then he'll unsubscribe. But anyway, that's another story. Oh, um, oh, but anyway, no. unfortunately, at this at uh, with you know with COVID and all, um, and probably the fact that people don't want to go anywhere, also you know because they don't want to go out and buy a newspaper. Maybe I don't know. Um, you know, businesses of all sizes, Joe, you know, it's not just the small guys, even the big guys. I mean, should, should they be like reviewing and updating their content um, mission statement and strategy at this time? Do you think they should be, or is it better to stay consistent along the way? And, you know, as you say, playing the long game, you know, stay on target, stay with the same strategy, or should they switch it up? It's probably different for every organization, but what I would do, the tip I would give is do a content audit. And what I mean by that is Mm. it's a really good time to see if you need a reset. So so the average enterprise when we go into does 14 to 16 different things that they're shooting content through. They've got Facebook and LinkedIn groups and they're dabbling. God help us all on TikTok, and they're, <laughs> they're they've got a new, they call nope. a couple newsletters. They've got a horrible e newsletter that they have. You know those types of things. the The issue is is you only have so much energy for content marketing in an organization. So what happens is since you only have so much energy, you basically become mediocre in everything. And mediocre is mm. not going to cut it. It basically is going to be bad. For your yeah, business. Yes. So what you want to do is you want to take all that energy and put it toward one or two things. But you can't do that until you know which one or two things those should be. Mm-hmm. So do the content audit first and say, okay, what's really working? Oh my God, this the blog is rocking. We keep mm-hmm. getting more traffic. We're getting more subscribers through it, whatever. But And then you go through and say, well, you know what? We're doing these haphazard videos on YouTube and we have a budget toward them and they are not doing anything. We're never consistent with it. It's a... We're going to kill the videos. Done. Mm. Kill the videos. And then you say, oh, the podcast is really working well. Well, what are we doing on, we do this update on Facebook every day and that's not working. That Killing Facebook. You know, you, so you go through the whole thing mm-hmm. and you focus on one or two things that you can be great at. And that's mm-hmm. what I would, this is a great time right now in the current climate to, to reset. But you have to first figure out where you need to reset. You mentioned a couple of times throughout the show, and you have obviously mentioned this in in numerous posts uh, on your site, and obviously uh, in your in your content wisdom, the the term content tilt. I'd love you to explain for our listeners, you know, what that is, and is it more important now than ever to kind of to be focusing on it? Well, did, did are you fans of the Matrix, the movie The Matrix? Have you ever seen The Matrix? Love, love The Matrix. Okay, there's a there's a point in The Matrix where Neo, who's apparently the chosen one, is trying to figure out what world he is in, and there's a there's a little boy holding a spoon, and he's bending spoons. Yes, and and Neo can't figure out how to bend the spoon, and of course he has this conversation with the small boy, and the basically what the small boy says is you have to look at it a little bit differently. And what happens is, is that Neo looks at the spoon and he tilts his head. This is where content tilt comes from. Actual, actually, the matrix. Right. He tilts wow. his head, looks at the spoon different, and the spoon bends. So let's take this to our current conversation. What happens when you start a content marketing strategy is you say, oh, okay, well, here's our sweet spot. Here's what our audience's problem is, and here's what we're good at talking about. And that intersection and done. That's what we're going to create content on. And what happens is you have to take it an extra step, which is the content tilt. You have to look at the audience and that sweet spot a little bit differently and say, 
okay, that's what we're good at talking about. That's what the audience needs. But we're going to take it one step further and tilt our heads and say, what's that area of true differentiation that we can actually break through all this clutter on the web? Because it's not just what you can talk about and it's not just what your customer needs because if you, whatever you create, there could be so much content out there on that subject, you'll never break through. So you have to tilt your head, tilt your marketing, whatever you want to say, and, and, and look at it a little bit differently and say, uh, I'll give you a, a weird, weird example that I just did research on. Somebody might say, oh, okay, I run this yarn business and I want to do a blog on knitting. Well, how many blogs are there on knitting? There's hundreds of blogs on knitting. Is your knitting blog going to break through all that clutter? Absolutely not. Well, there's this one group that started this whole program in Finland called Heavy Metal Knitting. Have you seen this? No. This is crazy. Where basically they have knitting tournaments and you have to knit out in front of the audience while a heavy metal concert is going on behind you. Now, granted... This is the weirdest, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. And I, and you should actually look at the video because it's funny. And, and this is an annual event that's happening. Who knew this was a thing? But I'm using this point as saying is, wow, they've really found a content tilt in the area of knitting. And it's helped them so much. They created an international event around it. I was thinking that you were going to say that these are heavy metal rockers and, you know, the, 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 the drummers <laughs> actually use the, the knitting needles for, you know, instead There's of... There's another oh. one. Yes. Ah, okay. What, whatever, whatever it takes. I mean, our, like our content tilt for Content Marketing Institute was we took a hundred-year-old industry, which was custom publishing, and called it content marketing. It's the same thing, folks. There's no difference. Custom publishing is content mm-hmm. marketing. There's, there's okay, nothing. Okay, All we did you, was call it different, a different name. I was going to say, it's a bit like, and I know, I mean, I had my third baby and I became addicted because that, you know yourself, you, need, you have no energy after three babies. Anyway, um, I started drinking a lot of Diet Coke, right? Because it just kept me going, you know, um, because my mind, my body and my soul was gone. So anyway, I kept drinking and I, I started to notice that they started personalizing, you know, the bottles. And I was wondering, is this a way, and do you know what I ever as well noticed? They never had my name on the ball. But anyway, um, you'd see lots of Phillips and Joes mm-hmm. uh, on it, uh, no emers. Um, but is that a content tilt then in that regard? I, I would, it's a marketing tilt for sure. It's a, it's a, it's a really uh, good idea. Mm. It's the, when you're thinking about it from an editorial standpoint, I'll give you a, I'll give you a great example of somebody that I just love. Ann Reardon in Sydney, Australia. She's known as the baking queen of Sydney, Australia. Well, <gasps> can we get her she, on the show, Joe? As they say. <laughs> oh yeah, you need to. She's she's fan. She's fantastic. Is mad about baking, and, Joseph. And, well, it, if you look, so here's the thing. She started a a video uh, on YouTube series on YouTube in 2011 around food. Well, even at that time, how much okay. stuff is on food? Everybody's doing something on food. So what did she do different on food, even though she could have done the regular food show, here's how you make this? She focused on impossible desserts. So her thing was only impossible desserts. So she would have something like um, a cake that's a four foot long Snickers bar. Or she would have a cake that's a perfect replica of an Instagram logo. And when you cut through it, it actually was an Instagram logo inside. And these things had millions and millions of wow. downloads. And by the way, she's got, I think, over 4 million subscribers today. And she's 
doing fairly well. Well, she'll have four, four million and one now after this. There you go. So think about your content area focus just a little bit different. And yeah, that's every company has to do this. Yeah, no, as I said, like the Coke idea I thought was great because, yeah. you know, you could send in, you know, and request the bottle to be personalized and then they'd send you back like, you know, um, you know, the uh, seed on it, you know, that way. Um, well, they were here in Ireland. Um, so I kind of thought that is really interesting. So I see what you mean, Joe. It's like how you present your content, how you present to your market, you know, um, uh, and your buyer will keep coming back for more. Yeah, like how many cloud computing blogs could there possibly be? I mean, go to every major tech company and go mm. into their cloud computing section and all the content is exactly the same. Mm. Well, what good does that do? No exactly. good at all, actually. No, it's a no. big waste of time. So mm-hmm. let's talk about it in a little different fashion so that we can actually break through all the sameness. Be different. Be different. Yeah. That's all we want to do, right? Just like Philip. Yeah. Is there anyone, Philip? Yeah. <laughs> that's, why we, that's why we do the jokes, Joe. You know, we want to be different, you know. That's right. You just want to be loved. That's what we love. So I was going to say, oh, God, look at the time. Where is this time going? Um, I was going to say, like, I, I, and I know, it, I, know. It, I have heard I mixed reports here, but email marketing or not to email market marketing, that is the question, Joe. Is it still valuable? Here's my quick take. I just got off a, a call with someone else talking about this and they said, what's the hottest thing going on right now in media? And I said, email newsletters. And I'm not joking. I the hottest thing. I have unsubscribed loads. I mean. Well, here's the thing. Here, and absolutely true. Do we, wow. We're getting more spam than ever before. Mm. We're getting all kinds of horrible email. But yeah. I bet you are like me that every morning... Or every week, there are two or three emails. <laughs> there are two or three email newsletters that you absolutely love. All right, I do. I'll tell you one I do like. I like later.com. Oh, what? I don't know that one. Oh, <gasps> they're really good. Yeah, it's to do with later.com. Yeah, yeah. Go check it out. Okay, I'll check that out. <laughs> I just subscribed to Morning Brew, which is, a, which is a compilation of what's going on in the business and technology world. They do a fantastic job. So th- the thing is, if you're great at email newsletters, this is the best time ever. Ah. Uh, if you have a lackluster yeah. email newsletter, yeah, you, you're done. You're toast. Okay. Joe, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for your time. We've time for one last question. Influencer marketing. Can you talk to us about your thoughts um, about influencer marketing? Can it really be beneficial to integrate influencer marketing into your content marketing strategy? I'd love to know your thoughts about that. There's no, Philip, there's no doubt about it. Um, I love influencer marketing. One of the, we ran a a couple programs in influencer marketing that, uh, that worked really well for Content Marketing Institute. And because we were nothing at the time and we created a top content marketing blogs list and put all these influencers that we didn't list our own blog in the, in the blog list, we listed everyone else in. And what happened is, is all these influencers linked to the blog and shared it out. And that's my belief right now with influencer marketing, where a lot of companies go wrong is they go to the influencers and they ask for stuff. Oh, can you do this? Yeah. Can you do that? What I would do with your influence, get your list of influencers together. Basically, an influencer is where your audience is hanging out if they're not on your site. And so that could mm-hmm. be a media company. It could be mm-hmm. an individual. It could be an association. Uh, it could be the pub down the street. Who knows what it is? So mm-hmm. focus on who those are. And then what can you do for them? Just like we're talking about with content marketing, what can you do for them that maybe someday they'll return the favor? So 
help their business in some way, put them on some kind of list, send traffic their way. That's how you get influencers' attention by helping them with their business goals. If you can do that, very, very powerful. Perfect. I'm a joke influencer. Yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't going to say that. You make them smile. You make, no, you make every other joke teller feel better about their jokes. That's <gasps> what you give to the world, <laughs> Philip. <laughs> wow. I'm coming uh, for you, Joe. <laughs> but I've only, see, honestly, I've only heard a few. So I'm, you know, but I smiled. That's there you go. Idea. That's the main thing. You smiled inside. He smiled inside. (laughs) I'm laughing inside. Yeah, he is. So am I. Um, That's something. But listen, Joe, um, I have to say, please come back again. Um, I can't be, I can't be here with my, uh, with himself uh, on my own all the time. So um, please do. Um, Thank you so much for today. Um, Your insights and. um, Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Real examples. And, and, you know, um, you've given us lots of food for thought because more times than not, you kind of get to the point where you go, oh, is this going anywhere? And as you say, you got to play the long game and uh, it's been great. So uh, before we wrap up, have you, go on, you've got a couple of last tips, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I always I always have tips. Um, my, my, and, and this is based off of a lot of what we just talked about. But if I was to give advice and the things that are changing businesses right now for the better is to really start to stop certain channels mm-hmm. and, to, and to get focused <laughs> on what's working for the business and what's best for your customers and audience. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, if I could, I, I, if I could, if I could shout that from the rooftops, that's what I would, because all these companies are just, they're just doing dabbling in too many areas and wasting everyone's time. Mm. So, so let's make the tough decisions and do that. And the other thing, tip I would give, we really didn't talk about it. Internal marketing is so critical, but a lot, you, you started the show Emer by talking a lot about how people in businesses don't understand content marketing sometime. So teach the people in your company why you're doing your newsletter. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing the podcast? What's it do for the business? What's the hope? Teach mm-hmm. them about what you're trying to do so that they'll be, you know, will be rallying for this thing to be successful because content marketing gets killed in a company not because of lack of results. It's because of a lack of understanding. Somebody doesn't understand why you're doing it. And that's, so, so, get that's your, what, yeah. so get your team behind you and get them to be advocates for what you do. And, and help them, yeah, and so yeah. that they can communicate the value of what you're trying to do. Because if you get a new chief marketing officer in there and they'll say, why are we doing that podcast and why aren't we, why aren't we uh, advertising more on this whatever, promoting Mm. our products more, they won't understand why you're communicating without selling so hard. So that's what you have to say. Look, we're selling without selling. We're creating a loyal audience. And if we do that, they will buy our products and services, but we can't pitch them. Of course. Social. Let's get social. Yeah, exactly. You know. You know. It's all about making friends, building relationships. Hey, you know, uh, this is what we do every day in business, especially on this show. You Make think? lots of friends. We've made a friend in you, I hope, anyway. So, oh, well, yeah. This is, oh, I would, friends, yeah, so. I would absolutely love to come back. <laughs> I, absolutely. All right. Then if okay. you're coming back, you have to bring your own joke, um, Joe. I will. Okay. I will. I absolutely <laughs> yeah, will. No, I'm no pressure. To, I'll do no a, pressure. I'll do a Facebook joke. Excellent. And I, I'll pivot to a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> 
Joe, before I close, have you any more uh, any more thrillers in the pipeline? Have you thought about writing another thriller? Uh, uh, I know you you've know, obviously you've just released the first one. Yes, I did. So the Wilted I did did fairly well. You know, it got on a couple uh, bestseller lists, so I was happy with that. And I was I was working on the second uh, edition of this. But honest, honestly, when the pandemic hit, I shell, I, you know, I yeah. put it in a drawer mm-hmm. and I focused on doing a new version of Content Inc. So in, in 2021, the new version of Content Inc. will come out that I yeah. really believe in because right now so many people are unemployed and are struggling yeah. with work. And that's the model for people to take and say, look, if, if you can invest in something for three to five years and you want to come out financially free, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Content Inc. So I'm focused on that right now. And Brilliant. Brilliant. Hopefully that'll go well. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Well, um, all I have to say now is if you enjoyed today's show, you can catch it again and the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course on the Dublin South FM website. So do please download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And until next Friday at 2 p.m., I've been Philip Twyford, the Curly Marketer. And I've been Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. And we'll see you next time for more Let's Get Social. See you then. Bye.